Good night. That was my mom. <laughs> uh, Lewis is in the basement at her grandpa's house. <laughs> Lewis and Clark fucked up. Hello and welcome back. Although I don't know what I was going to go there. Anyway, welcome back to Lewis and Clark <laughs> fucked up. Um, so. Today, we are going to delve into the spooky underworlds of the internet. Um, we were going... <laughs> it's not Halloween. We are... Um... <laughs> it's uh, fucking March. <laughs> what happened was, was we were going to talk about conspiracy theories, but conspiracy theories are only fun. Like I feel like the ones that are just like really popular, those are fun to talk about, but we didn't want to talk about the ones that everyone else is already talking about. But then you look up all these weird conspiracy theories, and it's like... There's a reason why no one's talking about them. Like, they're dumb. Yeah. The original idea was to do obscure conspiracy theories and kind of explain them and try to, like, make it debatey-ish where you're trying to convince the other person. But, like, I could, fi- I could find no obscure conspiracy theories. <laughs> and then, like, all the big ones, they're honestly kind of hard to explain just audio. Like, you need visual, too, sometimes. So. Yeah. That's why we kind of abandoned that. Um, and we just made it spooky time. And um, Lewis has some true crime. I have some Reddit stories. And hopefully you're spooked. <laughs> um, but actually, before we get started, I did want us to talk about what's your favorite, like, conspiracy theory? Like, what's... Oh, yeah. um, okay. My favorite conspiracy theory... It, well, I don't know. What's yours? So mine that I just find like the most intriguing and I think about it a lot is the flat earth one. Like that one really fucks oh. with me. You know what got me is I always thought that was fucking stupid. And Until like, Shane's video. Believe- yes. Yeah, so we both love Shane Dawson on YouTube and he made a video about it where his brother like he kind of believes it and he talked about it and it was so interesting. Yeah. I still don't necessarily necessarily believe in it, but I thought it was fascinating. And it was really fascinating. Yeah, I feel like this one's not my absolute favorite. I have two that I love that I don't really believe in, but I love them just for their, they're just wild. And one of them is the whole lizard people thing. <laughs> it's it's so weird and random, but like you get into the videos on YouTube where you, <laughs> they like have the people that kind of, they kind of show their scales and their lizard, lizardly eyelids. It's just so weird. I love like, it. And the, so is this like something where people are invaded by lizard people or how do you become a lizard person or are you just born one? I don't know. The conspiracy theory is just that a lot of like major celebrities and um, important people are fucking lizard people and they're in charge of the world. Like it's let me Google. It. I think it's like that lizard. The people in Illuminati are lizard people. Okay. Um, underground lizard people. Oh, that's a film. That's not a conspiracy theory. Um, but the, yeah, you can like look it up on youtube they have like videos of justin bieber is one that pops to mind i saw that one yeah that one it's <laughs> it where he has out. like double eyelids and it's like is that an edit or what is that um but yeah i'm not gonna google it because that's not what we're talking about today but yeah look into it it's fascinating um and just so hilariously interesting and another one that like i don't necessarily believe in but it was interesting to like watch videos of is that people think the moon landing was fake 
And you mm. hear that, and you're like, that's stupid. We landed on the moon. And then you start watching the videos of it, yes. and you're like, wait, hold on. What is that? <laughs> why, is, why, why is that a thing? Yeah. It's just interesting to look into. Um, okay, do you want to start? You want me to start? How do we want to do this? Um, I'll start. So okay. what I, I've been, like, reading these, like, really creepy, like, Wikipedia. I don't even know what they are. Just, like story well, not stories because it's like real true true crime but um i have two that i'm gonna show you all tonight or tell you okay. all about tonight basically the first one it's called the disappearance of susan powell which um just a little background she was born october of what is it? oh it's people walking upstairs that was scary okay um <laughs> october of 1981 and then um she went missing december 6 2009 and they have never, they haven't found her body, but they're presumed that she was murdered by her husband, Joshua. Oh. So they were part of the Latter-day Saints. Um, they lived in Utah. And they had two sons um, who were, how old were they? Uh, well, spoiler alert, they also died when they were five and seven. So I don't know how old they were at the time of her disappearance. Oh. Uh-uh. I mean, I can probably do the quick math. No, I don't know. Nobody cares. Yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that was like, okay, so what did I say? Five and seven? So they were like uh, five and what? I, I don't do math. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So they were <laughs> children. And um, they, I'm sorry, I heard my mom talking. It's like creepy hearing voices upstairs. Anyway, so what had happened was, they like she went missing um they i'm pretty sure like the husband did it and i mean everyone else does too just from this wikipedia page but like what it was like weird because it was on like a sunday like they just went missing and like the next day the grandparents like the i think the susan's parents called the police because the two kids were never dropped off at daycare and they got a call saying hey like these kids never came and then they like couldn't get a hold of Susan they couldn't get a hold of Josh and so then they called the police to go over and like check on the house and no one was there and so then all of a sudden the next day like Josh shows up with the two kids and he was like that's weird like I let Susan was just laying here like napping I took the kids for a camping trip and they're like first of all you took them on a camping trip like it was Sunday night. So, like, you had work the next morning. He never called. Yeah. Like, he didn't tell work beforehand that he was going to go do this. Good night. That was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then, uh, yeah, so then the police were, like, obviously very, like, um, doubting of him of this. And so they had been kind of, like, investigating him because they were like, okay, well, where is she? And then they were like, apparently, well, let me pull up the boys. Because at school, like, they were saying some, like, weird things. Because, I mean, they were like, the, he took the boys with him when he had, like, their mother. Um, oh. And, like, at school, like, one of the boys was saying how, like, they went to the woods. And, like, mom went with them to the woods. And, like, mommy was in the trunk. And, like, sketchy things like that. Ugh. And so it's, like, year. this has been going on for years. Like, there's a whole, like, investigation going in. And apparently, like, Josh is really abusive. And, like, she had written, like, journal entries about how, you know, if I die, like, it's probably not an accident. Like, 
my husband's abusing me, like things like that. Um, And then they find out that his, uh, Josh's father, Stephen, was like obsessed with Susan. And he had thousands of like candid photos of her that like she did not know like were being taken like he had like files on her like on his home computer okay that's Uh, weird yeah so he was like obsessed with her and so then like okay was he involved like did he kill her and so they've been questioning like everyone and then he the they had taken the kids away from the from the father and so like they were in custody of the state and he was only allowed like certain supervised visits um so what had happened on a supervised visit let me pull up the actual oh because yeah they got they took them away because both joshua the husband and his father had like like child pornography files on their computer so they took the kids away yikes yeah but he was allowed to have supervised visits and so on one of the supervised visits like the lady came to drop off the boys like she's there with them obviously but when they get to the door he like grabs the boys takes them inside and like locks the door doesn't let her in Mm. and like like moments later there's like an explosion in the house and and what had um when they had like done like an autopsy on the because like everyone like in the house died like josh died the kids died and then done an autopsy and like on top of like the carbon monoxide poisoning that like the kids obviously um suffered they had also had like significant chopping injuries on, what the fuck? on their head and neck and there was a hatchet like cut recovered like near where joshua's body was and so like they believe that he like attacked them um like while they were being like overwhelmed with the the fumes and everything and i was like what the hell like he chopped his son like i just like uh that like gave me yeah, chills. good grief um and then on top of that, so, like, after Josh is dead, like, this thing is still going on, like, being investigated because they still don't know where Susan is. And so they're um, um, – they start investigating the brother, like, Josh's brother, Michael, because then thought that maybe he was, like, aware of the incident because I guess mm. – wait, what happened to Stephen? I don't know what happened to Stephen. Um, but anyway, Michael was – the main like beneficiary of the life insurance for Josh. And so he got all this stuff. And so now people started questioning him, like if he was in on the whole situation, but then he ended up killing himself, Michael, the brother. Goodness. So there's like a whole thing. And then Michael's wife goes and publishes a book <laughs> on the whole thing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so that she can get her coin too. Honestly, though me. <laughs> I know. You gotta do but... what you gotta do. And they still wow. have not, like, Susan remains a missing per- person, but obviously it's pretty clear he, that he she killed her yeah. and took her in the woods. Yeah. Yikes. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That really reminds me of something that actually happened in Colorado. Oh my um, gosh. Did you hear about that? The mm-hmm. guy in Frederick? Yes. Wait, yeah. who killed his daughter, right? It was his wife, and- but he also killed his two daughters. Yeah. Yes um really horrible um but very kind of similar except for there was no explosions but like yeah he like took his he killed his wife and children and took them and dumped them off in this random field near where he works but like he told everybody like oh i just she was at home she went to go see a friend maybe they're down in the pool and like i don't know just it kind of gave me eerily similar vibes that's so scary i know and just messed up Oh, man. 
I love true crime, so I'm surprised I didn't think to, like, look up stories to read. But my first reaction was to go to Reddit. There are two different, um, I'm kind of, like, I, I know this is weird to say since I'm a 24-year-old, but I'm kind of new to Reddit. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, don't know go. how to use Reddit. It's, like, the first time I got on yeah, Tumblr. Like, I don't know what to do. It's so confusing, but there are, like, different threads. So, I looked at the creepypasta thread and the no sleep thread, and to my knowledge, the creepypasta thread is, like, fiction scary stories. So, I didn't go with those because none of them seemed that realistic or scary to me. Um... So I went back to the no sleep thread and the description for this one is no sleep is a place for realistic horror stories. Everything is true here, even if it's not. Yeah, I don't know what that means. (laughs) So I guess the idea behind it is like they're supposed to be real, but like I guess they can't. There's no way they can enforce that. Um, But like one of the rules is stories must be believable within reason. Um, so I don't know. So I picked out two, um, slash maybe a third. One of them has a second part, but I didn't like the second part as much. Um, let me close this tab. One of which I read and one of which I didn't. So we'll be surprised together. Um, yeah. Ooh. So I'll read, I'll read the one I have read first. Uh, no, I'll read the one I haven't read first because the one that I have read is the one that has the second part, which you may or may not want to read. So this is called Let Me Make You Beautiful by mm. Arsenic Green on Reddit. Thank you, Arsenic Green, whoever you are. <laughs> um, I'm going to move my mic for this one so I can get closer to the computer. People tell me I'm shallow, that I focus too much on superficial imperfections rather than deep-rooted spiritual ones. All I'm trying to do is make the world a more attractive place. It started with Abby Baines in sixth grade. She was a kind-hearted, bookish girl with long copper hair that parted down the middle. Though the part you could see, a large oval-shaped mole... Wait, did I read that? Through the part you could see, a large oval-shaped mole that spanned the nape of her neck. It was the sort of thing others might not have noticed, but sitting behind her in English class meant I had to look at it every single day. Okay, this guy's a prick. <laughs> One morning, I tapped Abby's shoulder with my pencil. Psst. Hey, Abby. Less- yes, Lucy? Oh, it's a woman. Um, yes, Lucy, she asked. Her voice had a sweet, nasally lit lilt. I don't know how to say that. You really ought to get that thing on the back of your neck checked out. <laughs> I said, wow. Rude. What a jerk. Oh, could be cancerous or worse. Excuse me? Meet me after class under the stands. I can take that thing off your neck. Plus, I come cheaper than a dermatologist. My mom's one, so I know. Lucy is a fucking asshole. (laughs) This is supposed to be scary. I'm not going to make any more jokes. (laughs) Despite her sweet nature, Abby also had a rough home life. She tended to stay home at school long after normal hours. Wait, she tended to stay at school long after normal hours, right until the custodial staff locked everything down. I knew she'd show up because she didn't have anywhere else to go. Uh After school, I stood beneath the stands in the gymnasium. I was sorting through the stash of medical supplies I kept hidden in my backpack Uh when Abby arrived, nervously clutching her textbooks. Hi, Lucy. Um, So what are you going to do again? Abby asked. I'm going to make you beautiful, I muttered as I dug through my bag. I realized I was missing some essential items for mole removal. We might have to do this without lidocaine, 
don't worry. This ain't my first rodeo. How Lucy. <laughs> Abby placed her books down on a, gym, on, on a blue gym mat, sat down and folded her legs. I slipped on some sterile gloves, plucking a surgical blade from a, the tiny box I'd snatched from Mother's dermatology kit. I could tell Abby was tensing up a bit, so I patted her on the shoulder. Relax. Just close your eyes and let me work my magic. To her credit, Abby didn't scream or thrash. She just sat there, frozen to the blue gym mat, as little rivulets of blood trickled down the nape of her neck, staining the back of her sunflower-patterned dress. As soon as I finished patching her up, she turned around without saying anything, biting her lip as tears streamed down her face. She placed a crumpled $10 bill in my hand and then ran off crying. Abby didn't show up to school the next morning, nor the day after. By Thursday, I started panicking. Perhaps her neck had become gangrious or worse. But sure enough, she took the seat in front of me that day. I sat there admiring the long, light red scar on the back of her neck, proud of my handiwork. Later that month, I set my sights on Greg Mellon. Greg was the tallest kid in our class with long, athletic frame and a nose more befitting of a blobfish than an actual human boy. (laughs) One afternoon, I approached Greg after school. He had grass stains on his shin and on his shins and a solemn look on his face. I could tell right away that he had tried out for some sports team and failed. Whoa, you look a bit of rough, I said, delicately touching his hand. Want to talk about it? Greg shook his head. No, not really. Another goalkeeper was better than me, that's all. I flashed him a warm smile. Come on now, you know that's not true. Your goalkeeping isn't the problem. It's your nose. <laughs> I explained to him then, in the most delicate way possible, that his oversized nose prevented him from seeing shots from certain angles, and that I could fix his nose, if he wanted, for a nominal fee, of course. His bushy blonde eyebrows shot up. You're insane. There's no way you can fix my nose. I'm not going to fix your nose, I said, flirtatiously leaning in closer. I'll just smash it hard enough to where they'll have no choice but to operate on it. It'll come out smaller. Trust me. Eventually, I persuaded Greg to give me $30 to bash his nose in with a fallen maple branch. Before he had even had the chance to brace myself, I swung the branch back and hurled it as hard as I could, smashing him right on the bridge of the bulbous nose. Greg collapsed on the ground in a heap of screaming, so much so that he couldn't breathe. At first, I was worried that I hurt him so hard he wouldn't pay me. I almost couldn't believe it when he handed me the money. Dark blood streamed out of his nose down the front of his neon yellow goalkeeper uniform. I took the long route home that day, thinking of the various ways I could expand upon my new enterprise. Boys were the easiest. All you had to do was look cute and do a little coaxing. But with the girls, there was also great potential, especially the ones with innumerable insecurities. In a lot of insecurities. I'm stupid. <laughs> you could spot those types from a mile away. Sunset had started kicking in by the time I arrived home that evening. If I'd taken the normal route home, I might have noticed the police car parked in our driveway. But I entered through the back garden instead. My mother, a police officer, and a crying Greg Mellon all looked up at once when I entered the living room. Things were a bit difficult for a while. I was expelled from school. There were issues with the Mellon family, legal ones mostly. (laughs) Even Abby Baines came out of the woodwork saying I coerced her into the mole removal. Perhaps worst of all, my mom forced me to give everyone their money back. (laughs) So yeah, I had to quit the face fixing business for a while. (laughs) 
Later that year, my mother sent me to Our Lady Mary, an all-girl Catholic boarding school. There were girls there who had committed even worse acts than I had, so I spent most of that semester keeping to myself, wandering those cream-white halls in a sea of pug-faced girls twice my size. Felt like a reminder of all my failures. But before the school year ended, I met Judith Leicaster. Judith came from Goodstock. Her family sent her to Catholic school because they were actual Catholics, not because she'd done anything wrong. She had a shy, reserved nature and a face completely plastered in freckles. I started sitting by Judith during lunch periods. Normally, we would just smile at each other, then eat our lunches in silent peace. Eventually, I decided I would have to talk to her about the prospect of removing her freckles, which had exponentially started to bother me. One day, after practicing my approach several times in the ladies' room, I took a seat across from Judith in the lunch hall. Hey, Judith, right? I said. Judith shot me a puzzled look, perhaps confused as to why I was only just now speaking to her. Hey, Lucy, (laughs) she said, nervously staring off to the side. What do you want? I think I figured out why you're so quiet around the others, I said. It's because of your freckles, isn't it? Excuse me, she said, with a hint of offense in her voice. I continued, sorry, didn't mean to sound so blunt, but what if I told you I knew a way you could remove your freckles? I, I'd tell you I'd like to sit alone from now on. <laughs> Thank you very much, she said, timidly scooting down towards the end of the table. Everyone here knows you like to hurt people, so please just leave me alone. Oh, shoot. I felt my cheeks fill up with hot anger. I stormed out of the cafeteria, thinking of ways I could appeal to Judith's reason. Across the hallway, I noticed that the kitchen was empty. Frantic, I looked around the room until my eyes settled on something glinting in the sink. I grabbed the cheese grater from the wash basin, then approached Judith, approached Judith back at the lunch table, saying, Hold still. Judith screamed as I shoved her head down against the table, pressing the cheese grater against her cheek and sliding it downwards. Oh, scraps of freckled flesh slid onto the floor below. Just as I was about to work with the other cheek, one of the pug-faced girls tackled me. When my head hit the back of the lunch table, all I could hear in that day were Judith's cries. I spent the next several years of my adolescence in various juvenile detention centers and psychiatric, psychiatric clinics. My psych profile included terms like criminally violent, manipulative, delusions of virtue, and in big black letters, narcissistic. I won't lie, seeing myself described in those ways made me feel a pang of regret. I've gotten better about controlling my impulses since my youth. Years later, I even got a job as a hairstylist, beautifying people in the positive way, I suppose. I won't lie, though. Every now and then, a customer will sit in my chair, and I'll have the scissors in my hand, and my hand will start to quiver, like I'm no longer in control. And then I'll shake it off and start chatting with them, fighting off their urges I couldn't possibly articulate to them. But I'm thinking about it. Oh, yes, I'll have the same thought every time. I wonder if she'd be prettier if I just slid these scissors into the back of her skull. Oh, my God. The end. Uh. (laughs) That's the one I had not read, which I think is obvious because that one was way too gory for me. I almost threw up. (laughs) Oh, man. But these are those type of stories. They're just kind of scary little stories. I think Lucy would have, like, cut me at school. (laughs) I know. She would easily coerced me. Fucking hated us. <laughs> she would not have liked me. I love freckles, though. That yeah. one was interesting to me. And with a cheese grater? Like, ugh. oh, God, that makes me want to barf. 
All right. That took a lot longer to read than I anticipated. No, I like that. This one I think I'm going to read because, like, this is, like, this one gave me, like, I thought about it for hours after I read it because it was just, like, disturbing. Mm, Okay. So this one's called The Murder of Shonda. Actually, I don't know how to say her name. Shanda? S-H-A-N-D-A. It's, like, like, Wanda. Way to do your research. Like, Shonda Sharer. I just, like, when I'm reading it, I'm like, I don't know how to say this name. I'm going to use it as Wanda, so Shonda. Anyway. Shonda Scherer was an American girl who was tortured and burned to death in Madison, Indiana by four teenage girls. She Mm. was 12 when she died. So let's get started in here. (laughs) Um, I don't care where she was born. She was born in Kentucky, but this took place in Indiana. Um, there's just a lot of backstory. Basically, there's this girl named Melinda Loveless who she went to school with Shonda, um, and she had a whole like troubled back, like backstory. Her, I think it was her stepfather, um, like sexually assaulted her and her siblings. Mm. Um, so she was like fucked up from the beginning. One of the other girls, because it does, like, a whole backstory of the other four girls who were involved in her murder. So the other girl named Laurie, and she, all I see here is in blue letters, the Ouija board. So that's enough said on her. So she's a little messed up there. <laughs> um, and then there was a girl named Hope Rippy, and then Tony Lawrence. Anyway, so... In 1990, 14-year-old Loveless began dating another young girl named Amanda Heverin after Loveless's father left the family. It was her father, not her stepfather, who was, you know, the douche. Um, Her mom remarried, and Loveless started behaving erratically. So she got into fights at school and complained of depression, resulting in her receiving professional counseling. In March 1991, Loveless disclosed her lesbian orientation to her mother, who was initially furious but eventually accepted it. As the year progressed, Loveless's relationship with Amanda deteriorated. And then Mm. Amanda and um, Shonda met earlier in the fall semester at this junior high school when they got into a fight, but then they became friends while in detention for that altercation. And then they later exchanged romantic love letters. Like, cute. Love that. Anyway, Loveless immediately grew jealous because Amanda and Cher, um, Shonda, were now in this relationship. And in early October that year, Amanda and Shonda attended a school dance where Loveless found and confronted them. And although Amanda and Loveless had never like officially broken up like loveless had started to date another older girl so it's like you moved on like why do you care yeah anyway so after amanda and i'm just gonna call her wanda because that's what i want to call her amanda and wanda attended a festival together in late october loveless began to discuss killing sharer and threatened her in public um, concerned about the effects of their daughter's relationship with amanda wanda's family's parents arranged for her to transfer to a catholic school wow coincidence in late november um amanda stated that she gave letters that loveless had sent her containing death threats toward wanda to a youth prosecutor but the youth prosecutor never did any did anything about it as far as she knew wow wow 
pre-abduction. Like, this story is crazy. So, on the night of January 10th, those four girls who were aged um, between the ages of 15 and 17, they drove in one girl's car from Madison to Loveless's house in New Albany. I don't care about where this was. And they met up to plan the abduction. So they borrowed some clothes from Loveless and she showed them a knife telling them that she was going to scare Wanda with it. But one of the other girls, they'd never met Wanda, um, but they already knew like there's a plan to like intimidate them. Like that's all they signed up for. So Loveless explained to the other two girls that she didn't like Wanda for being a copycat and for stealing her girlfriend. Mm. So they drove the four girls to Jacksonville where Wanda stayed with her father on the weekends. They stopped at a McDonald's restaurant on the way to ask for directions. And then they arrived at Wanda's house shortly before dark. Loveless instructed one of the other girls to go to the door and introduce themselves as friends of Amanda's, which is her ex-girlfriend and then Wanda's current girlfriend, and then invite her to come with them to go see Amanda, who was waiting for them at the Witch's Castle or Mistletoe Falls, which is a ruined stone house located on an isolated hill overlooking the Ohio River. Cute. So... Wanda said that she could not go because her parents were awake. Like, she's 12. Like, this, like, blows her mind. And she told the girls to come back around midnight a few hours later. So, at first, like, Loveless was pissed. But the other girls assured her that returning later would be better. So, the girls crossed the river to Louisville and attended a punk rock show. Like, what the heck? Like, these people have more of a life than I do. They attended a punk rock show. And then they waited a couple hours, went back to, um, oh, wait. So some of the girls lost interest in the music and went to the parking lot outside where they engaged in sexual activities with two boys from the concert. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then eventually the four girls left for Wanda's house. During the ride, Loveless said that she could not wait to kill Wanda. However, oh. Loveless also said that she just intended to use the knife to frighten her. When they arrived at Wanda's house at 1230, um, one of the girls refused to retrieve Wanda. So the other girls went to the door. And Loveless hid under a blanket in the back seat of the car with a knife. So, (laughs) one of the girls told Wanda that Amanda, her girlfriend, was still at the witch's castle. And Wanda was reluctant to go with them, but she agreed after changing her clothes. And when they got in the car, one of the girls began questioning her about her relationship with Amanda. And then Loveless sprang out from the back seat, put the knife to Wanda's throat, and began interrogating her about her sexual relationship with Amanda. They drove towards Utica in the witch's castle. And one of the other girls told them that a local legend said that the house was once owned by nine witches and the townspeople burned down the house to get rid of the witches. So at the witch's castle, they took a sobbing Wanda inside and bound her arms and legs with a rope. And there, Loveless taunted her that she had pretty hair and wondered how pretty she would look if they were to cut it off, which frightened Wanda even more. Loveless began taking off Wanda's rings and handed each to the girls. At some point, when the other girls had taken Wanda's Mickey Mouse watch and danced to the tune it played. That's just like, I don't, it's like creepy. And the other girls further taunted her, claiming that the witch's cal- castle was filled with human remains and that hers would be next. To further threaten her, um, one of the girls then retrieved from the car a shirt with a smiley design and lit it on fire, but immediately feared that the fire would be spotted by passing cars, so the girls left with Wanda. These little girls need to go home. They need Jesus. 
Um, During the car ride, Wanda continued begging them to take her back home. Loveless ordered her to slip off her bra, which she then handed over to Rippy, which is another girl there. Their names are all confusing me, so I'm just saying the girls. Anyway. Okay. Who slid off her own bra and then replaced it with Wanda's while steering the car. (laughs) Anyway, so they swapped bras. They became lost. Why? (laughs) Because they're 15 and one's 12. Anyway. Like, I just, I don't understand. They became lost, so they stopped at a gas station, covered Wanda in a blanket, and then while one of the girls went inside to ask for directions, this other girl called a boy she knew in Louisville and chatted for several minutes to ease her worries, but did not mention Wanda's abduction. They returned to the car, but became lost again because you're fucking idiots and shouldn't be out driving. Um, They pulled up to another gas station, and there they spotted a couple of boys and talked to them about one's... Before, once again, getting back into the car and leaving, arriving sometime later at the edge of some woods near uh, one of the girls' homes in Madison. Now we get to the torture section. Like, Oh, my God. So one of the girls led them to a dark uh, garbage dump off a logging road in a densely forested area. And two of the girls were frightened and stayed in the car. But Loveless and the other girl made uh, Wanda strip naked. And then Loveless beat Wanda with her fists. Next, Loveless repeatedly slammed Wanda's face into her knee, which cut Wanda's mouth on her own braces. Loveless tried to slash Wanda's throat, but the knife was too dull. Oh, my God. The other girl came out of the car to hold down Wanda. Loveless and the other girl took turns stabbing her in the chest. God. Then they strangled her with a rope until she was unconscious, placed her in the trunk of the car, and told the other two girls that Wanda was dead. The girls drove to one of the other girls' nearby home and went inside to drink soda and clean themselves. When they heard Wanda screaming in the trunk, the other girl went out with a paring knife and stabbed her several more times, coming back a few minutes later covered with blood. This is probably a little gory for you, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) After she washed herself again, the girl told them that their... Wait, she told the girls' futures with runestones. These people are fucking weird. At 2.30 in the morning, one of the girls and, um, what was it? Oh, no. Okay, so two of the girls. Loveless is the main girl who I keep saying. So she went out with another girl to go country cruising, driving to the nearby town of Canaan. And Wanda continued to make crying and gurgling noises. So they stopped the car. And when they opened the trunk, this part, like, oh, this part got me. Wanda sat up, covered in blood with her eyes rolled back on her head, but unable Mm. to speak. And they beat her with a tire iron until she was silent and then told one of the other girls to smell it. What the fuck? Someone, (laughs) go get your children! (laughs) The fuck? Oh my god. So then the two girls returned back to the house just before daybreak to clean up again. And one of the girls who stayed at the house asked about Wanda, and they said, laughingly, they laughingly described the torture. The conversation woke up one of the girl's mothers, who yelled at her daughter for being out late and bringing home the girls. Don't worry, there's more to yell out. So they agreed to take them home. So she drove to the burn pile, where they opened the trunk to stare at Wanda. Mm. One of the girls refused. And then the other girl sprayed Wanda with Windex and taunted, you're not looking so hot now, are you? The girls drove to a gas station near Madison High School, pumped some gasoline into the car, and bought a two-liter bottle of Pepsi. 
They poured out the Pepsi and refilled the bottle with gasoline. They drove a little bit north to a place known as wait what to a place known to one of the girls, and again this girl another girl remained in the car. Like if you're not gonna do it, like just go home. Like why be an accomplice anyway? <laughs> yeah. Um. This imagine mom. calling your mom. Mom, come pick me up. These yeah. other girls killed somebody. <laughs> So she stayed in the car while these two other girls wrapped Wanda, who was still alive, in a blanket. Like, she was holding How on. How is she still alive? Like, that's, that's insane. That's what, like, really just, like, hurts my heart. And, like, she was trying to, like, survive. So she was God. still alive. They wrapped her in a blanket, carried her to a field on this, like, gravel road. And they poured gasoline on her. And then they set her on fire. God. And... Loveless was still not convinced that she was dead, so they returned a few minutes later to pour the rest of the gasoline on her. Then the girls went to a McDonald's restaurant at 9.30 for breakfast, where they laughed about Wanda's body looking like one of the sausages they were eating. I don't... That's insane to me. Like, I joke about, like, not having a heart or, or, like, any feelings or anything, but I can't imagine... I can't imagine killing somebody, but I especially can't imagine killing somebody and then, like, being able to eat afterwards. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't. That's ins- that's really insane. And like, so they're sick. like they're not done. They then went to Amanda's house, the girlfriend, to like tell her that they killed Wanda. Um, God. So they tell her that she doesn't believe them, and then they show her the trunk, which is covered in her blood. Um, and her handprints and her socks, which are still there. Um, Amanda's horrified and wants to be taken home. And then they pulled up to the front of her house. Loveless kissed Amanda, told her she loved her, and pleaded with her not to tell anyone. And she promised that she would not before, and then she went into her house. Did she really not tell anybody? Um, I don't know. I don't know if she did, but uh, later in that morning... Uh, two people were driving towards like this hunting ground and they found the body on the side of the road. And so that's what started the whole investigation. Um, The crazy thing is, I think this year um, Loveless is being released. Um, Really? Yeah. So she was sentenced to 60 years. 16 or 60? 60. 60, wow. Yeah, 6-0. When does she get out? Releases because some of the other girls um one girl's last name was lawrence she was released on my birthday in 2000 after serving nine years but she was on parole for the next two years after that another Mm -hmm. girl was released after 14 years another girl was serving 26 years and so loveless serve the most i feel like it was sometime in 2019 oh uh loveless is scheduled to be released in 2019 but it didn't give me a date good grief she'll be like 70 something right i know yeah but apparently um wanda's mom had started like something with the prison where loveless was like i think she oh she uh, loveless started like training dogs at the prison and so the mom like um adopted a dog in honor of her daughter to have trained by loveless wow yeah that's really crazy like she was 12 like 
I just what was her name? Wanda. It was um Shonda. <laughs> I kept calling her Wanda. Shonda. Oh, Shonda Sharer. I'm gonna write that down. Shonda like, Sharer. That's really horrible, and I can't imagine that like being your kid and. I know. Good lord. Like all the shit that she went through, like, for like it's just ridiculous. Good grief. People are really evil. That's fucked up. But yeah, if you want to look it up on Wikipedia, it's really interesting, especially the backstories of all the girls involved, because like they all were just kind of fucked up in their own way, which like makes sense because they're fucked up. But as you were telling it, it really reminded me of um, the Slenderman stabbing. Yes. Yes. Do you remember that? That Uh happened like maybe a year or two ago. Like these two girls, they're reading a story on Reddit, ironically, and were inspired. I think that was how it spawned. Either way, they were really into Slenderman, which is like, I think it's from like a video game. And they took their friend into the woods and stabbed her like 20 times. And the girl that got stabbed was still alive and crawled out to the road. And that's how they found her. And I remember, like, watching the interviews. And, like, one of the girls acted remorseful. And the other one was, like, kind of smiling throughout Mm -hmm. the, like, interviews. Yeah, Yeah. people are fucked, dude. Yikes. Apparently, like, the Slenderman thing, that started from a creepypasta story. And then they made a game about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's how the game started? Yeah. Okay. I I didn't know the the order of things but yeah i knew it was on creepypasta which we're we're not reading from creepypasta we're reading from no sleep but yeah creepypasta is definitely fiction just so everyone's aware (laughs) don't get inspired to go stab somebody off off any stories off there oh man um do we want to read mine we're at 40 minutes yeah we can do one more okay Um, I don't think this, well, I don't know. This one has text conversations, and I'm a little conflicted on how to read them. Should I do different voices or just say person A and person B? Um, Do different voices. It'd be fun. Okay. All right. This one is called, I found a burner phone while on vacation, and it's text conversations are creeping me out. What? Do uh, do you want to text it to me and we can alternate the voices? Ooh, yeah, that might be good. Okay, I'll text them to you. There's a lot of them. And this guy uh, that wrote this claimed, he claimed this actually happened. He found the phone on March 21st. When we're recording this, it's March 28th. Um, So if that adds, makes it a little scarier for you. Ooh, that's going to look ugly when I text it to you. So I'm going to try something else. It's okay. Hold on, people. (laughs) We'll edit this part out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there we go. Yeah. This one is called uh, I found a burner phone while on vacation And it's text conversations are creeping me out And it is by a user Called um okay Thank you um okay And I hope you're alright <laughs> um, This is one I have read Alright here we go I'm currently writing this from my car On the way home from vacation The following is what has occurred so far I'll keep you all updated If when more happens Last week, I went to a beach town on the east coast of the U.S. to visit family and have a bit of seafood. That's a little spooky for Lewis because she's on the east coast near the ocean. (laughs) Um, It's still considered the off season, so not, not many tourists were there and many businesses were closed for the season. The house we stayed in was a small duplex, just big enough for me, my parents, and a friend that I was allowed to bring along. The room me and my friend stayed in had two twin beds, a dresser, and a closet. Yesterday was the second to last day, and we were gathering up all of our belongings since we had to leave the rental house for the first thing in the morning. I was looking for any loose socks or underwear that had escaped me, 
Hold on, I wanna... Sorry. That had escaped me, and I ended up looking in the closet. I was scouring the small area when I saw it. A phone, hidden behind a folded-up chair that had come with the house. I asked my friend if it was his, and he said no. I asked my friends the same thing, and they just told me to throw it away, since it most likely didn't work. Despite the cracked screen and a half-broken power button, I tried turning it on. To my surprise, it actually was charged up to about 70%. And upon turning it on, I quickly realized it was an old Samsung phone, probably at least 6 or 7 years old. The phone itself had very few apps, just two pages. Most of the apps were defaults that came with the phone, like the camera, gallery, calendar, and clock. A few other apps were also downloaded, like Chrome, Google Earth, and most intriguingly, Snapchat. <laughs> I decided I would look through the apps later that night and continued with packing. Around 9 p.m., I opened up the phone again, and I looked through the apps. On most of them, I didn't find anything too interesting. The gallery just had a few blurry photos of what looked like the house I was staying in at night. Most other apps seemed to be unopened, and the Snapchat just seemed to be an empty account with a few already deleted conversations. Things got interesting when I checked the text messages. A lot of them were spam texts from various companies, but then I found the first real conversation. This was also the only conversation in which the other person had a profile picture. At first, I didn't recognize it, but then I quickly realized that it was a picture of the back of the house I was staying in, taken during the daytime. At this point, I was a bit weirded out, but thought it was maybe just a couple of old people who didn't really know how to use smartphones. <laughs> I scrolled to the top of the conversation and started to read the text in chronological order. What follows is the full text history between these two people. Um, so Lewis and I are going to read these. This is starting on March 21st, 2019 at 4.33 p.m. You there? They arrived today. Just got this phone off Facebook. I'm going there right now. Prepaid, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> he ought to correct it himself. All right, I have my eyes on it. Do you think you can take it down on the trip? No, I have to learn its habits first. Probably get it on the way back from its trip. Yeah, it's settling into the room. All right, I'll keep you updated. It. I I'll keep you updated in the snap. Do you want to do the timestamp uh, or? This is oh. next day, eight o'clock in the morning. Any updates? Not really. Just the stuff we were expecting it to do. It walked normally. You're still at the grandparents' house, right? Yeah, they should be coming today. Twenty second, eleven sixteen a.m. They're leaving now. Get ready. Okay, it's fucking boring here. Yeah, I wish you would just do something already. You can tell old people live here, lol. Oh god, haha. Well, keep me updated for when it arrives. 22nd, 11.37am. They're here. Alright, I'm headed over there now. There's a beach access next to the house you can set up there. Good, good. Meet me on Snap, I need to tell you something. Dude, if I have to switch apps one more time, I'm gonna kill the both of you. March 25th, 12.04 a.m. See, we do have the right target. Finally, something interesting. I didn't expect it to be that, uh, wait, yeah, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And why is it doing this at midnight? I thought it usually feeds during the day. Me too. I guess the agency really doesn't know much about this. 25th, 3.38 p.m. It's coming back from the beach now. Did you find anything? Nothing. Did you check its phone? Yeah, just normal seeming shit. It has a really good cover. 
I'll be in there tonight to see what I can find while it sleeps. Waste of time, but whatever. Not my time. I roll. Stuff. S shut the fuck up, autocorrect. <laughs> 3.26.209am. I'm in the closet right now. You're gay? Actually, fuck off. He isn't doing much tonight. It's... It's it, not he. It is it, not he. I think it's just, I don't know. It's not a he. Saying he will make you think of it as a person. This is not a person. Let me call it what I want to call it. All right, but if you get attached or whatever, then you're going to have to, then you're going with it. I won't get attached. Are you sure you won't fall in love with him, winky face? March 26th, 3.21 a.m. You still there? March 26th. 5.15 a.m. Seriously, dude, respond. Actually. Oh, fuck, it found you. So that's the end of the text messages. Um, Then it says, after reading that, I had no idea what to think. What is this it they kept referring to? It must have been in my room since they were going through all of our shit, and that's where the phone was left. What makes it so dangerous anyways? I have so many questions right now. Also, why the fuck were those creeps going through our stuff in our bedroom? What, What is so dangerous that they stalked us for an entire vacation just to learn its habits? All I know right now is that I need to take a nap on the way home. I barely got any sleep last night. I don't even know if I really want to do that, though, since there's been a silver truck following us since we left. Yeah, so there's, like, some confusing stuff in there. I, so I was led to believe the whole conversation happened before he stayed right. in the rental house. But he found the phone at the end of his trip, and this was happening during his trip. So they were, like, in their room while they were sleeping, supposedly. And so I'll just... No, I'm going to leave it. There's a cliffhanger. There is a part two. You can go look up if you want. Um, It's still kind of open-ended, too. Not really much has happened. But, yeah, a little spooky. What is it? What's happening? I don't know. What's the silver truck? Yeah. Happy (laughs) spooky March. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, Halloween in March. Surprise. Gotcha. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for spooky time. Um, If you liked it, this is something I could see us doing again. I really like this Maybe in October. Yeah, Yeah, maybe we'll do it again when, you know, it's – seasonally appropriate we'll be together um, in october oh my god uh, that's cute <laughs> um anyway thanks for listening um and that's all have a good night and Sleep hopefully tight. you don't have any nightmares yeah bye lewis and clark fucked up 